This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe Gier, and Hawks are with you on a Wednesday presented by BetMGM. The voice there of Doug Peterson talking about his team as they get set for a trip to Kansas City on Saturday. Let's get to that game and all four. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, joining us right now on the ByThePhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit ByThePhoenix.com. So learn more. Ben, a different kind of quest for you because we just kind of stumbled upon this last segment. I'm curious from your perspective, especially these bigger games, kind of standalone, only seven games off the season. How much do you look at the referee assignments? This weekend, of the, of the four crews out there, three of them top five in penalties called, one of them at the bottom. Uh, you know, the total dropped in Buffalo, Cincinnati. We were wondering if it's because it's Carl Sheffer's crew. Do you look at this? How much stock do you think we should put into this? as we handicap these games. Yeah, definitely. So it is something that we kind of take into account from like our modeling perspective. We do have like the historical information for how the refs have kind of done a couple things. We're not like, it's not overly detailed. And I do think it might be in some ways a little bit of a blind spot. It's not something that I, I would say monitor probably as close as I need to, because especially this year, it does seem like, you know, specifically with some of the defensive holding calls, uh, defensive pass interference, like those things can swing games dramatically, especially towards the over. So I very much think it's something that people should take into account. For me personally, uh, I probably don't take into account enough, but I do think it, especially in these playoff matchups, uh, can have a pretty outsized impact on how these games land in, in relation to where they sit from the total perspective pregame. Uh, ben, what I think the most intriguing point spread is here on Wednesday morning is San Francisco-Dallas. Uh, now there's a juice three out there. Most of the market three and a half. I still see a four hanging out there as well. Uh, I thought the line was going to be a lot higher. What do you think is happening? Are there legitimate reasons to back Dallas? Or is this like an old school sports betting setup where they're going to hammer San Francisco minus three? Yeah, I, I honestly think that Dallas has probably been one of the most difficult teams to handicap on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, last week, you know, the, the number moved against them down to minus two and a half, and they very much were the best team in that match. But I think in a lot of ways, obviously, Dak Prescott did look really good, but it is very it was very much a spot that kind of set up for them to win that game defensively, I think, with the Tampa Bay offensive line. It, it kind of in shambles. They did get Ryan Jensen back, but it was still a situation where Tom Brady was completely under pressure. And I do think there are going to be those games. I think looking back on it, like week 18, everyone does kind of want to harp on what Dak Prescott's performance was in that matchup, but they kind of started off behind the eight ball. So I do think that if you know Dallas can once again at least – get moving and not have some of those really negative EPA type plays, especially from a special teams perspective, they're very much going to be uh, in this game throughout the entire matchup. I think, you know, what is kind of happening with this particular spread is, 
it's still a lot of ways probably the Brock Purdy narrative, right? He has had uh, a a decent percentage of turnover-worthy plays that haven't necessarily resulted in those interceptions. I think everyone's kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. Maybe with a good pass rush situation that the Dallas Cowboys bring forth, he might have he might provide one or two more opportunities. And if he does, uh, I very much think that Dallas is probably going to be able to win this game outright. So I do lean in Dallas's direction. I don't think we're going to see a correction back towards the 49ers in any sense of the word, but um, you may have missed, I would say, probably the best number with Dallas if, if we're going to continue to kind of trend in this direction from a spread perspective. We're at Eagles uh, show here. We need them to keep winning, but I'm curious your thoughts on the spread here. Can the Giants cover the seven and a half? You know, our guy Brad Spielberger tweeting yesterday that a highest graded quarterback since week 13, Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones at 89.2. The other thing with this that I am want to get your thoughts on is we all know the Eagles defensive pass DVO, DVOA number one. They're holding uh, opposing quarterbacks to an average of 198 passing yards. So I just looked it up. Daniel Jones is at 221 and a half passing. I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I'll go under and that'll be how I fade the Giants here. But I'm curious what you think. Yeah, definitely. I don't mind the, the Daniel Jones fade, especially on the passing yard situation. I know I don't personally, you know, do the whole DVOA thing for a number of conflicting reasons, basically. But from PFF's <laughs> perspective as well, like this is very much uh, a significant advantage for the Eagles defensively, especially along the front four. Hassan Reddick specifically facing off against Evan Neal. Like that is a situation where the Eagles could very much win this game from that matchup alone, right? Evan Neal, I think, has like the fifth worst pass blocking grade among tackles with at least 100 snaps uh pass blocking snaps this season i think he allowed like a 17 percent pressure rate last week against minnesota so if daniel jones isn't doing it with his legs once again i think outside of that the eagles are going to really struggle to move the football i also think where 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 the giants have kind of improved defensively uh they could easily struggle against an eagles offense that is very much kind of back to where they were early on in the season with Jalen Hurts in the fold. So I expect a dominant defensive performance from the Eagles. I expect Daniel Jones to probably go under his passing yards. I do think there might be a play on him once again for his rushing yards prop. But, you know, outside of that, uh, I, I think the Giants are going to be clearly overmatched in this one. And I do think that the Eagles probably roll to a pretty easy victory, uh, given the considerations along the defense, what the Eagles are going to be able to put forth. I just don't see too much production happening from the passing offense for the Giants in order to actually be able to keep this one close. So it's all Eagles from my perspective. I know that's, you know, probably what we're hearing in a lot of ways, but I do think that buy and everything else is going to be absolutely beneficial to them actually heading into this division round and very much getting back to where they were early in the season. Then Bengals and the Bills, it's a, it's a matchup we've all, we knew was coming, right? Like we, we knew this from the night that DeMar Hamlin went down, that these teams would probably meet again. It was just a matter of how it was going to end up and where. So we get it in Buffalo this weekend. It's interesting watching this number at four and a half um, because neither team really impressed last weekend. The Buffalo Bills were very sloppy. Allen really has been sloppy all year with the football. And on the other side, I, I always want to back Burrow, and I kind of do this weekend. But, boy, the cluster injuries on the offensive line, they couldn't block. When they have three offensive linemen down, which worries you more, the sloppiness of the Bills or the offensive line issues for the Bengals? It's very much – 
What's your context of how the Bengals kind of arrived at that victory last week? Obviously, I think they were very, very fortunate to come out, you know, with the victory in that match. Obviously, the swing, you know, high variant swing play along the goal line for Baltimore not breaking correctly very much changes the impact of that game. But but kind of like you said, uh, you know, the, the Bills very much, I would say, need to take advantage of what is going to be the worst offensive line heading into the divisional round. I do think Gregor mm-hmm. Russo has to have a game they haven't necessarily been there i would say from a pressure situation since von miller went down with injury so i do think that's going to be kind of the key spot for buffalo if they can't win there uh i'm not sure they have enough i would say in the secondary i do think jamar chase versus travis white is very much an even matchup but t higgins versus dane jackson is kind of the matchup that i think you want to key in on jackson i think is questionable with a leg injury very much, I would say, that kind of leans in T. Higgins' direction. If they can kind of hit him on some of those crossers over the middle early on, uh, I-, I think the Bengals will do enough offensively to at least keep this one close and give Joe Burrow a shot to win it at the end. But uh, I'm very concerned about the offense line, and I know that's going to be the narrative heading into this one. But if we slip out, I would say, any further you know, in the Bills' direction along this spread and get out to that five or five and a half, um, I very much think that I'm probably going to be playing the Bengals money line uh, as one of my favorite bets, I would say, this weekend. Can you provide some context on the uh, state of this Bengals offensive line? Is it worse right, right now than what we saw last year, significantly worse? Or like, or like maybe um, some of the PFF grades on some of the guys that are going to be out there uh, if you're able to pull those up? Yeah, I mean, it's it's bad. I would say it's going to be uh, essentially at the same level where they were at in that Tennessee game last year, right? And I think that even with, you know, the nine sacks against Joe Burrow in that Tennessee game, like, it probably still doesn't speak to the extent at which they – at how bad they were. From PFS' perspective, we don't have a single guy in their starting lineup right now um, that, that was even close to, I would say, an average offensive grade along the offensive lines. So we have Jackson Carmen at left tackle, 50.4 overall offensive grade, which would have been like in probably like the 25th percentile from tackles this season. Cordell Volson uh, also basically right there as well. So the one guy, Ted Karras at the center position is kind of the one guy that I would say is even probably in that like below average type tier. So I, I'm 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 questioning whether it's even as good as they were last year, and I very much think that it's like you know it, it's a valid concern for how poorly this could actually go. They have been better at getting the ball out quickly, um, but I think if Tre'Davious White has one of these games where he kind of returns to form and is very much a legitimate shutdown cornerback, like that could be absolutely catastrophic for the Bengals offensive chances. So they might need you know once again another high swing type play from their defense. I would say in order to probably win this game, if that kind of plays into fruition, but uh, they can do it with the quick passing game. But I absolutely think that that, that that's going to have to come through T Higgins and it's going to have to be quick and it's going to have to be accurate in order for them to, I would say successfully move the chains enough to actually win this game. How does PFF rate Brock Purdy? Do you think, you know, this is kind of like uncharted territory here. You know, are you in the camp of any day now he could, you know, unravel and have a really bad game? Or do you think he's just good and the game's not too fast for him and this is just going to continue? I am very much in the camp that this is going to unravel at some point. I do think it's going to take a, you know, a solid defense performance, but I I think the Dallas Cowboys have that capability. We do, you know, I would say rest quite a bit on our priors and and some of the priors that we have with Brock Purdy, especially at the college level where he would have games that would completely unravel and he would have a number of turnover worthy type plays. And I think 
given the, the the situation that they continue to progress towards with very even matchups, even allowing one of those plays is very much, I would say, going to swing the outcome uh, in favor of the opposing team. So as soon as some team can actually take advantage of one of these turnover-worthy plays, I know he hasn't done a ton of them. I think he's at like a 3% turnover-worthy play rate, but you know, that's still like one play a game. And if Dallas can take advantage of that, uh, I think they can get enough stops in other situations where they're going to end up winning this game. So I'm on the, I'm on the fade Brock Purdy train. I've been on it for a while. Uh, I guess there's no stopping me. Continuing it on for a couple more weeks. I love it. Ben, what's side are you on with the Jaguars in terms of, do you think about what happened in the first half and like that's that there's still a, that's in them and they can get the doors blown off them if they have a couple turnovers against the Chiefs? Or do you take away the second half, like if they button it up, they could play with anyone and have a dominant half of football. What, what's stronger, what takeaway is stronger as they go to uh, Kansas City on Saturday? Yeah, and I, I think just like kind of looking back at the game in some ways, you know, obviously there were a few throws that turned into interceptions in the first half that were probably Trevor Lawrence's fault. There was also two of them that I would say were were, were, were kind of tip passes or situations that I wouldn't really put in his in his category. So I think you kind of gravitate towards the top end range of that, right? And the ceiling type performances because when they are in those situations where they maybe need to come back, like you do want a guy that can make every throw in the football field. And I do think we saw, you know, Trevor Lawrence being capable of not only navigating that, but doing that consistently through the second half. So I lean more towards their second half performance. I do think there was some various aspects baked into that first half for how they arrived in that situation. Uh, so I think long-term, you, you know, you very much, I would say, want to gravitate towards what could their potential expectation be in that scenario. And I think that it very much speaks to, you know, the, the Chiefs probably playing a much tighter game than what the spread indicates here on Saturday afternoon. Hmm. Are are there any other ways that you're going to be looking at uh, getting down some money? Are there some first quarter, first half bets, any player props you're keeping an eye on? I mean, everyone under the sun is going to have a Boston Scott anytime touchdown, and I certainly right. understand why. <laughs> I know that narrative. I, I think everybody, I think every toad on the planet's going to have that. So I, I will avoid the Boston Scott. I might sprinkle in a little bit just so I can, you know, party with the rest of gambling Twitter or something like that. But I, going back to it, I think T Higgins is kind of like the blow up spot. I do like him as maybe, you know, the, the okay. guy to potentially lead, um, you know, the, the, the divisional round in receiving yards. I like him to go over his reception prop as well. Uh, and I also like him probably on his longest reception. So he's really the guy that I'm, keen in on i do think that if the Bengals can be successful offensively it very much has to come through him um so i like that matchup quite a bit uh i am also leaning pretty heavily on some giants unders uh kind of like aaron said i do think you know daniel jones to go under his receiving yardage prop makes a lot of sense but i also think you know guys like darius slayton and isaiah hodgins do are gonna have really difficult shadow type situations going to get going up against James Bradbury and Darius Slay. And I very much think the pressure that the Eagles are going to put forth, especially, you know, along their front four without really needing to blitz a ton is going to seriously impact their outlook as well. So Darius Slate and Isaiah Hodgins probably under receiving yards uh, are also some of my favorite bets for player props this weekend. Great stuff. Ben Brown, pro football focus on the buy the Phoenix.com guests on the Phoenix and revolutionary technology, helping men all across America Get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit bythephoenix.com to learn more. Coming up next, we'll look at NFL futures and the updated playoff leaders, passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards after round one as we look forward to the divisional round across the NFL right here on the Beck UL Network.